You're very welcome to uh, this week's edition of The Line Out with myself, Aidan Rafferty, and of course, uh, our rugby expert, Michael Cook. Hello, Michael. How are you? Are you well? I'm grand now, Aidan. Yourself? Great now, great now. Thanks for asking, and uh, very welcome to the show, and it's great to have you on the show as always. And I suppose, um, you know, looking at starting off with a review of... Um, Connacht's uh, 28 point to 29 point loss to Leicester very unlucky there from the scoreline it suggests that maybe it's a game that they could have won but they were just was it a case of that they were just unlucky or you, you know because it, it was a very close it sounds like it was a very close uh, very close game well it was a game that kind of swung in roundabouts that uh, Connacht uh, early on went 10 points down and they recovered very well to go um, 18 points up with uh, 24 minutes remaining. And from there, you thought that they, they had done enough to actually get what would have been a historic victory. And wondered what it could have meant they could have relaxed a little bit more this weekend. But, but then, of course, is where the wheels came off the wagon very fast. And, you know, the Leicester managed to turn, managed to turn the game and managed to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. Well, I suppose... It could be down to a couple of factors, really. Um, like, it's, it is possible at that stage, you know, that uh, Connacht may have got stage fright. But I think a certain amount of that as well is to do with uh, poor execution at set pieces. Like, they, for instance, there, there was one great kick from Jack Carthy, which resulted in a line-out in a very desirable position. And they ended up coughing up possession at the set piece. So... Their set piece uh, not being strong enough, I suppose, c- contributed in some ways to their downfall. And then there was other times where there was poor kicks, poor chases, returning the ball to Leicester. And as a result, then Le- Leicester turning over possession and profiting from that. So I think that there was a, a couple of factors at play that led to Connacht's downfall in the end. I know they came away with a losing bonus point and they're still in with a chance of qualifying but definitely it was a crushing defeat and a hard one to take. And uh, yeah, you just said there that it was a, a crushing defeat, but I suppose, you know, there are the fact that the, the, they were so close to it, um, the, there, there would have been, um, I suppose, uh, some positives to take out of the game. Yeah, uh, well, I suppose, well, like, uh, you know, Connacht, uh, they did manage to replicate this impressive style of rugby of keeping the ball alive and uh, and utilising great pace in, the, in their back line. And I suppose they managed to do that as well. And, of course, you Tiernan O'Halloran, I suppose, is very much to the fore. And he chipped in with two tries. He was outstanding. And another very controlled performance from Jack Carty as well, who named four of his five place kicks. And he orchestrated the play very well. We kicked some, you made some great uh, kicks for territory. But unfortunately, his teammates didn't manage to utilize that territory as best they possibly could. So, yeah, there was, um, there was, um, there was positives to take from, from a conic perspective. And of course, and of course, lo- looking at it as well, you know the consistency that Jack Carty is is building up, and which led to his uh, call up to the Ireland team, which, which is great for him and great for Connacht. Uh, so he is building up consistency. But um, 
so so have Connacht as well. Now they may have lost to they may have lost to Leicester, but at least uh, at least their performances are getting consistent. Even even if uh, maybe the results aren't and like I mean they're not getting the wins the whole time that maybe their performances would suggest. But it, it it's all looking very positive, and, and I mean that's uh, that's a confidence that they can take on into the Stade Francais game. Yes, it it is the confidence they can take because um they you know it has been a, a relatively successful campaign uh, for Connacht so far this season and of course they have already defli- inflicted defeats on both Munster and Ulster in the United Rugby Championship and now even despite the defeat to Leicester last weekend they're still in with a with a with a strong chance and they do actually have a strong chance of actually getting to the Chinese uh, Champions Cup knockout stages or what would be the first time ever. It's just if they had got the win last week, they could be almost assured of it already. But they're still now in a very strong position. So, so far, you would be, ho- you, you would be hoping that, that they, they, the manner in which they coughed up the victory last week hasn't dented their confidence or affected their mindset too much. Because if they can refocus quickly and if they bring anything near their A game, you would fancy Connacht to uh, do what they have to do this weekend. And of course, Looking at the Connacht team as well, there's been four. There's been four changes to the team from last week. Um, so could you take? Could you tell the listeners a bit about that? About those four changes. Yeah, well, you've had the great news anyway from a Connacht perspective is that Mac Hansen is is back in the team. And because he was a, a a major loss to Connacht, especially given the potency he brings to the to the back line, so definitely having Mac Hansen back can only bolster that Connacht back line very much. And of course, as well as that, then I suppose all the changes are are in the backs. And of course, uh, Quaylen Blade replaces Kieran Marmion as well at scrum half. Now, given how well Kieran Marmion has played, I have to say I'm a little bit surprised by that decision. But there we go. And also we have a uh, Tom Farrell and Alex Wooten included as well in in among the back line. And uh, Sammy Arnold as well in a positional change moves from outside centre to inside centre. And of course, it's a big day for Tiernan O'Halloran who makes his 199th Connacht, perform- Connacht appearance. So um, there is four changes being made in the back line. Andy Friend has already outlined the rationale for those changes. He said that there's going to be dry conditions and a 4G pitch over in France this weekend. And as a result, that uh, is a kind of a, of a, of a line of uh, conditions that's highly conducive to players with great, with great pace. And it's, it, it, it definitely favours the quick player. So that is reflected in uh, Andy Friend's team selection. And that's another reason why having Mac Hansen back is a massive, massive bonus for Connacht. bonus as well for Connacht is the announcement of the uh, the Ireland squad for the Six Nations and it's great to see Mac Hansen and uh, Jack Carty being rewarded for his consistency that he has built up since before the November internationals um, you know that's been rewarded by his inclusion in the squad now you'd like to think that because of that consistency maybe he's in more he's in with more of a chance of get, uh, getting game time uh, for, the, for Ireland during the Six Nations especially maybe you know, I suppose really Johnny Sexton maybe mightn't have had the, the amount of rugby games that he would have liked to have had up till now up till now and with Joey Carberry being injured. So uh you know it's uh, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts there on, on this on the uh, Ireland squad. 
Yeah, but just before I do, I, I would be remiss of me not to mention what Connacht actually needs to get through this weekend. And I just said uh, there's the, the permutations involved have changed slightly uh, since this morning in that uh, there's been an announcement in that Toulouse's game uh, with Cardiff has been uh, is not going ahead this weekend, and that's uh, due to a COVID outbreak. And they, they have now the the EPCR have uh, awarded a twenty eight points to nil victory to Cardiff. Um, they so as a result, uh, it's it's a defeat for Toulouse, who are the reigning champions, which effectively puts them under huge pressure and strengthens Connacht's chances of actually getting through to the knockout stages. Uh, a win would uh, almost guarantee safety, but um, the only thing that that could trouble them is that uh, if if they don't win and Cardiff uh, or of Cass, sorry, if they get a a bonus point victory over Harlequins at the weekend, but even then a losing bonus point might be enough and a losing bonus point with a try bonus point, two points in total may be enough as well. So I just wanted to get that across there because I couldn't just leave that slip under the radar. Now, to return to your uh, original question there about the, about, uh, the Irish squad, well, Jack Carty is definitely fully, fully deserving of his place, but it remains to be seen how much game time he'll actually get because Johnny Sexton, while he doesn't have the, the minutes under his belt, given what he's done at this level and given how well he played in international rugby, he, even even the November Internationals and last Six Nations, he's always going to be the number one choice for as long as he's fit. But as his career progresses, he's not going to have seven, 80 minutes in him. He may pick up injury along the way, and that is where there could be a window of opportunity for Jack Carty. It's also good as well to see Mac Hansen called up and recognised for his performances as well. Bundyaki is has been included as well. And, you know, it's, it remains to be seen, you know, how many, because when I look at the starting 15, it's hard to see where a Connacht player is actually going to get a starting place. Bundiaki has the strongest shout, but he's competing with Robbie Henshaw and Gary Ringrose for a starting spot in the centre. So it's, uh, unlo so unless there's an injury there again, you know, about him like Jack Carty, he may have to be content with a place in the bench. But as I said, you know, that's all before us. It's, um, they, they're, they've made the 37 man squad anyway, but it just remains to be seen if some of these players will actually make the starting 15. And I suppose um, you, you know this dynamic about the the fly hat, the uh, positions like with either Jack Char Jackie Jack uh, Carty or um, Johnny Sexton, and it is true. Obviously, you know the quality of the guy that uh, Johnny Sexton is, and the amazing player that he is. He'll always be number one, well, as as long as he's fit to play. But uh, I suppose if you were to compare that kind of thing to we say back in the day when I suppose Roland O'Gara was the number one choice and uh, Johnny Sexton was kind of I suppose in the same way as where Jack Carty is now you, you know where um, I suppose he probably play you know they used to play uh, Ronan O'Gara we say in the first half and then it's or whatever and then at some stage then they'd, all, they'd always bring on uh, Johnny Sexton do you think that might be the dynamic that would happen now between um, Jack Carty and uh, Jonathan Sexton I can't really see it because Andy Farrell is, you know, he's, he's been slow to change in that regard. 
And, you know, I suppose, well, with Johnny Sexton getting more game time in Ronan O'Gara's year, of course, you must remember that Johnny Sexton had delivered in Champions Cup finals for Leinster, whereas, uh, well, Jack Carty is yet to perform at, uh, at that level. But that yeah. said, he is the, he is the, leading, the, the, the leading challenger to that position based on form at the minute because Joey Carberry has got, has got injured again. So where I do think there could be a room for opportunity is that we've seen that uh, Johnny Sexton is highly susceptible to injury in recent years. So he may not have 80 minutes rugby in him anymore. So I think, you know, he, we, might be talk, we might be talking about um, longer substitute appearances maybe towards the latter stages of the second half. So that's how I kind of see a window of opportunity or a potential window of opportunity for Carty at the minute. And of course, we're moving back to Connacht as well. And uh, the news that um, former Roscommon County minor Niall Murray, or um, sorry, Darren um, Murray, has been uh, has been has signed a contract with uh, with Connacht. He follows his brother Niall. Um, so that that's very that's very positive as well. And of course, I think really Roscommon, I suppose, uh, ironically enough, in the GA sense, uh, St Bridges tend to. Um, have a tradition of producing some very some very some quality players uh, for for rugby, as in you know Jack Carty himself played for uh, for St Bridges as well, and he's a former county minor as well. So there must be something about Kiltoom that keep producing uh, former Gaelic footballers, and they end up turning uh, turning into fantastic rugby players. Yes, yes, there, I, there, there's there's something of a tradition starting to brew there, all right. And I suppose you've cited two fine examples of it there in Jack Carty and now Dara Murray as well. And it's uh, it's good to see him uh, rewarded with a, a professional contract for Connacht, which of course comes into effect starting from the next season. And I suppose he, given that he's inv- involved with the Irish under-20 setup last year, of course, injury got in the way of his game time with the Irish under-20s. But the fact that he, w- he was uh, even up for consideration shows that probably it's uh, the, the announcement could, shouldn't come as a huge surprise. And here's hoping it'll work out well from him. And But he's one of six players that have uh, signed professional contracts. And also, as well as that, we've Carl Ford and Shane Jennings, who are both excellent for the uh, both excellent for the, the the Ireland under 20s in last last year Six Nations and also included as well we've got a uh, Kieran Boot who is uh, up for who is uh, got a place as well and he has uh, played for Ireland in the 2019 under 20 rugby world championships but the most interesting aspect of all of this as well is that four of the players that have signed six professional contracts are products of the uh, are, are products of the uh, Connacht Academy they all came up through the ranks and that's great to see because, you know, there's so much uh, emphasis on importing talent these days. And for Connacht now to start bringing these lads through is a major step in the right direction. And here's hoping now that they'll start to reap the dividends in the, in the forthcoming years. But I, I suppose really, isn't, isn't that a testament to the quality of the academy that, uh, that, and the structures in place that, that Connacht have, that they're, that they're able to bring these, these players through instead of having to dip into the transfer market to buy players? I mean, the, the, the quality of the, the players that they're producing at academy level and able to bring them through to the, the first team, that's a testament to the coaching and I, I suppose the development of these players, isn't it? Yes, it, it, it augurs very well for the Connacht Academy. Now, uh, yes, of course, we all know about the, the step up in senior level, both at international and at club level. 
But all the same, having looked at these guys and what they can do, you would be some bit optimistic at the same time. So it's uh, it's uh, it's encouraging times all around. And of course, it sets me to the coaching, the strength and conditioning, the health and wellness staff. Of course, the academy is the sum of many parts. So all of that, I suppose, has culminated in their development as players. And here's hoping now that they can go on to big things for province and for country down the line. Who knows? Well, that's it. Um, but I, I think in, in fairness as well, not just in Connacht, but the same could be said for the Munster, Ulster and Leinster as well. I mean, the, the work done in their academies as well is, is, is good as well. Um, you know, I mean, they, have quite, they, have, they all have quality players as well, don't they? Yeah, well, we all know what the Leinster Academy are like. That uh, they've just yeah. created a conveyor belt of talent. I think they're the they're the standard bearers, really. But even like I I saw it for myself watching Munster last week against Wasps, and just looking at your know, Jack Crowley and how well he played after giving his chance. Um, yes, there were a few mistakes, but he had a good game overall. And then we look at Gavin Coombs, who scored the winning try for Munster. Um, both of those players from Cork have come up through the ranks there. And Munster, in particular, a club that have been heavily reliant on um, importing talent. And I think that game should act as a reminder to them that it was a game they could have easily have lost. But two of their uh, star performers that saved, them from, that saved them from defeat in the night were two homegrown players. So maybe it's a, it's a lesson to Munster in particular, that they should look closer to home in future. That's it, and it's all looking very positive for the four provinces in the future, and of course, uh, the the current Ireland international team. And you'd like to think that the maybe the ladies team as well. We'll talk that, about that on another time, but uh, you know that things might start going going right for them after after all the things that happened last season. So uh, thanks very much for doing the line out with us uh, this week, and we look forward to doing it all again next week, Michael. Thanks, Aidan. Have a good no day. Problem. Same to yourself. Thanks very much. And that was Michael Cook, our rugby expert.